0: Thank you for listening to The Wonder Podcast. I'm Joe Vacanti. It's our desire that you would take this message and that you would choose to live the life God always imagined for you. So there was a a man who sat on a bench and he watched his two daughters play. And he sat there, I'm guessing a little bit frustrated, and he started to dream and he, he dreamed about a place that parents and kids could actually play together. He dreamed about a place where fathers could play with their daughters and moms with their kids, grandparents with their grandkids, a place where they could have fun together and play. Walt Disney. And this was his dream dream. It was his dream that changed Central Florida. In 2018, the sales tax just on the tickets, people who bought Disney tickets, the sales tax collected by the state of Florida was $409 million just in the sales tax. I I was thinking if he didn't dream Can you imagine the local politicians in the the state saying, "Uh, we just lost $409 million. Think about all the the social programs and, and resources and people that $409 million could help. And yet if that one man didn't dream, it would be gone. But his dream went even further. There is the economic impact of all of us who like to travel down there to Disney and anyone all around the world. When they go down to central Florida, they have to stay in places and hotels and restaurants. So in 2019, they did an economic impact. What is the impact of all these people coming first hundreds of thousands of jobs for people because people are coming to stay in places and go to all the things that you have in central Florida. So between travel hotels and restaurants, this is how much money gets poured into central Florida. 75.2 billion dollars now can you imagine if you're the local government saying uh we're having trouble in the state of florida because we just lost 75 billion dollars worth of investment in our state what happened where did that money come from oh this this one guy who had a dream he uh he moved it to buffalo took it out of florida Can you imagine today that a single dream, a single company helped shape a part of a state? And here's my question for everyone here. What is the cost if you choose not to dream? What's at stake if you choose not to dream? Now, not everybody is a fan of Disney, and we're all confident. Probably the original dream that Walt had, probably what Disney is today between all of its entities, might not be exactly the dream he had intended. Sometimes the dreams get started and they kind of go a little sideways. And the same was true for Jesus. Jesus had. A dream. When he gave his life for us, he envisioned a people and a place that would experience freedom, that would experience joy, that would experience peace, that would experience life. He envisioned a community that would be there for each other. This was what he gave his life for. And so he had this idea. Jesus came up with it that we're going to celebrate this thing called communion. And this will be a way to remember this dream. Every time they take communion, they'll remember that I gave my life for them. They'll remember what I did for them. They'll remember why I came. They'll remember and they will celebrate and they will come together and they will pray for one another. They will encourage one another. This was his dream. But then a few years later, like a lot of dreams, it didn't turn out the way Jesus intended and Paul, who was a church planter, he gets wind of what's happening around the Lord's Supper at one of these churches, and he's not happy about it. He recognizes this is not the dream God intended, so he writes a letter called 1 Corinthians. And he writes to the church regarding what the dream had become, and he says this in verse 17. He says, in the following directives, I have no praise for you for your meetings do more harm than good now if you're reading this and you're the local church this is terrible i mean your meetings do more harm than good it gotten so bad that they were they're supposed to come together and have the magical moments together this is what communion and the gathering was about and yet paul has to say you know it's actually better if you don't meet. Like, this is how bad it got. He's like, you know what? There will be less harm caused if you don't meet. So don't do it. Stop meeting. Less harm will happen on this planet if you don't meet. This is how a dream got sideways. And I want to let you know this is going to happen in our day. And so please hear this today. If you ever experience in a a church gathering or in a church community or in a church group or a youth group or a Bible study, all the things that we would consider church, if you ever experience things that don't add up, that you feel like there's more harm caused than good, I want to encourage you, don't turn away from God. It's people. It's people who have gotten sideways. It's people who have missed it. And so many people will turn away from God when God's got nothing to do with it. Because people choose. As we talked about this season, dying to self. People, we have this thing in us, and I'm one of them. In fact, if I ever disappoint you in some way, don't turn away from God. What part of you do you play in making the church, the local church, magical? Because we all have a part to play. That's so God brought us together. And we all come and we assemble and we gather in studies and beyond. We're to make the world pretty special. What kind of person do you bring to the gatherings and the studies and the community? God saved us for a purpose. They lost it. He goes on to say to them in verse 18, in the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have been differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's supper you eat. Now, when they would get together in this time, they would have something called a love feast. So they were getting together. They would have a big meal and celebration. And at the end, then they would celebrate communion, the Lord's Supper. There's divisions happening amongst this love feast. Divisions happening. And Paul's recognizing it. He's hearing about it. And there's a reason why the divisions were occurring. We'll hear about in a moment. But People are being divided. This is not actually accomplishing what God had in mind. And Paul gets upset about it. But I love that he says, so when you come together... It's not the Lord's Supper you eat. Now, what's funny about that was it was the Lord's Supper they were eating. It's like Paul is saying, hey, listen, it's gotten so bad. Don't even call it the Lord's Supper. Like until I get there, call it something else. Because you're giving the Lord's Supper a bad name. You're giving the Lord's Supper. I don't want people to think this is what the Lord's Supper is. So when you gather, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat. If, if you ever find yourself speeding to get to church, Are big cop cars chasing you because you're on your way to wonder? If they pull you over, it's like Paul saying, don't say you're going to church. Like, just say you're going somewhere else. Or if they pull you over and demand, where are you going? Say, a church in Hamburg. I'm just going that way. If you're coming from South Towns, I'm going up to the North. church. Don't even say you go to wonder. Don't do it. We don't want people thinking that, that this is about. But Paul does call out, eventually, what their hearts were lacking. He says in verse 21, this is the reason for the division. He says, when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry. Another gets drunk. Goes on to say, do you not have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. He was calling out something that was pretty obvious, their selfishness. It was their selfishness. See, when the Lord's Supper came together, they would prepare these meals. And what was happening at the time is you had wealthy Christians and you had poor Christians. And the wealthy Christians would host these meals in their homes. They had space. But the Christians who were poor, they were out working all day. You now they had to work longer hours. So the wealthier Christians were getting started before everybody got there, before the rest of the people got there. And not only were they starting the meal and celebrating, they were overindulging. They were not only celebrating this feast, they were stuffing themselves. They were getting drunk. And then the other Christians would show up after working a long day, and there was no food left. And they were hungry. And it was a, a picture about the division and they were lacking in love because they would not wait for the other people to come. They wouldn't wait for the other people to get there. They started ahead, and it was causing a division. The poor Christians were obviously starting to feel bad maybe feeling bad about their position maybe you've been there you know you're late for the party at christmas or something and you're working the long hours You're like i know what they're gonna eat all the food <laughs> you're in that you're in that mindset i know grandma's gravy's gonna be gone by the time i get there and you're struggling I mean, these christmas are starting to struggle and get disappointed and it was causing division and rather than recognizing it and and choosing the way of love and recognizing this they chose less than love and they became selfish and the Lord's Supper became a place of division and hurt and harm. People were showing up disappointed and leaving disappointed. And some people were leaving drunk and gluttonous. And it was just not what Jesus ever had in mind. I mean, can you imagine Jesus saying this? We want our church to be a church of dreamers. Can you imagine Jesus at the beginning of this dream? He's with his 12 and he says, this is the cup of the covenant. This is the bread. Whenever you take it, do this in remembrance of me. And when you take this, do you know what I imagine for the church disciples? you know what I imagine in the future? Every time we partake of this meal, people are going to get drunk. And I imagine that whenever we take this meal, there's going to be divisions. People are going to be upset. People are going to be hurting. This is going to turn into something that's going to hurt people. And then there's going to be a point in this dream of mine, this vision of mine, that people would say, Rather than saying, Jesus is everything, they're going to say, I wish we didn't have this. (laughs) I wish we wouldn't actually meet. It's actually causing more harm than good. This was never Jesus' vision. And I also thought, imagine Jesus as he's casting the vision. It also, when you have a dream and you start dreaming, it's never easy. Because as Jesus is actually casting the vision and his hope for the future, one of the people in the room, they get up and they leave. It was Judas. Judas. He's in the middle of casting his dream, casting his vision, he knows one person's got up. Not only did they leave, they left, and they were on their way to betray him. And ultimately he would be murdered. Can you imagine casting the vision for your for your dream? Knowing that someone's out there against you, trying to stop you, and they're gonna eventually turn you in. This was how Jesus' dreams started. This is what he had up against him. When you dream, you're gonna have some things you'll have to face, things that won't be easy. So Paul gets pretty upset about what the dream has become. He gets pretty upset, so he doesn't say in the letter, hey guys, it's okay, Like I know you're trying. You see, there are, there are times to speak in the voice of a healer. And then there are times where you gotta just speak commands. There are times where you gotta just challenge people. And because of what it had become, and how serious it was, it demanded a commander it demanded a challenger. Here's what Paul says to the church that was doing these things at the time. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat it And drink in judgment on themselves. This is why so many of you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep, which is another word of saying they had died. He says, So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you shall eat together. Anyone who's hungry, eat something at home. So when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. He said, No more of this. Start eating together. You're going to wait. If you're hungry, eat at home. See, Jesus' dream was not about greed, it was about generosity. Jesus' dream was not about selfishness, it was about giving your lives for others. It wasn't about division or classes or races or male or female. It was supposed to be a place of unity. That was his dream. They obviously received this letter, a challenge. And the good news is we know that they kept on celebrating the Lord's Supper because we're celebrating it today. Like it carried on. But they had to be redirected. They were challenged to reimagine what they were doing. And that is the challenge for all of us today, is to reimagine what your life was supposed to be like. That if Jesus gave his life for us, he has some things he wants us to do. As you read in that passage, he's created good works for us to do. And maybe you're a person who once had dreams or dreamed of a better world and better things you wanted to do. And you just, you got off course Maybe it didn't happen right away. Maybe you got discouraged. You got disappointed. You got tired. You got disillusioned. You're doubting. If you're here today, I want to remind you, redirect your life. You get one life to live. For us not to dream and to create the world God had in mind is a waste of our lives. Let us be people who dream again today. Now, some of you will hear this today and say, all right, I'm going to do it. When you do, you're gonna have some uh, obstacles. You're gonna have some enemies that will come your way. So I wanna warn you what they are Albert Einstein, Walt Disney, Mother Teresa, Jesus, and you all have something in common time, 24 hours. The church we read about they were gluttonous with their appetites and their drink and in our day we can become gluttonous with our time and overindulge in ourselves we all have 24 hours in a day if you're a person who's going to accomplish dreams for god you got to choose to manage your time you got to tell your time where to go If you need help with time management, there's tons of resources out there and people who love this stuff. But that's one of the reasons why people don't accomplish their dreams. The difference is those who choose to say where the time's gonna go. Second obstacle, a wrong dream. See, I think we think dreams have to be big. Jesus' communion dream started with 12 people in a room. And yet today, billions celebrate. We don't have to start large. We can actually start small. And that's why some people don't even start their dreams. Because they dream so big and they get overwhelmed, they don't even know where to start. It doesn't have to be big. It just has to be significant. We just have to start. You know, one way this can be practical, if you don't know where to start when it comes to dreaming, why not help someone else accomplish their dreams? I mean, this season's called dying to self. Maybe the starting point is helping someone else accomplish their dreams, helping them take one step. And where this plays out ultimately can play out in marriages, families, friendships. Imagine what our families could look like if brothers and sisters said, Hey, I know you got this dream. How can I help? What's one thing I can do? Imagine relationships. And says, hey, what can I do to help accomplish your dreams? Imagine what that would do for friendships, relationships, and marriages. How can I help? It's such an easy start. And it's a way to accomplish and help someone accomplish their dreams. And then there's the enemy of paralysis. You walk out here and say, all right, let's dream. Let's do it and you're overwhelmed. (laughs) We got fired up here. Now you walk out, and you're overwhelmed again. Where do you start? I think if you look at Christ, he gives us a great example of where dreams can start, the kind of dreams we should be dreaming. See, Jesus gave his life for every one of us, and Jesus made every one of our futures greater because of him. The dreams that we dream that help make other people's futures greater, and that's a dream worthy of something. Dreaming things that helps make other futures brighter. And when you accomplish those dreams, what an easy way when someone says, why, why are you doing this? Well, someone else's dream made my life great, and his name was Jesus. He's changed my life. That is such an easy place for us to start. And dreams, they're not really about fame because we're, we're working to make Jesus famous. That's, that's our agenda as a church and as Christians is to make him famous. So don't worry about dreams being famous. Worry about our dreams being significant. We were meant to live a life of significance. You were meant to live a life of significance. And the reason why I know this is because the reason why I know you already believe this is because we already read it today. It said in Ephesians 2, and I'm gonna read the verses before it, Ephesians 2, 8. This is what you were set aside for. This is why you've been dedicated to God. It says, for is by grace, you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God not by works so that no one could boast. And then he says this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God already prepared in advance. Those who follow me in Christ Jesus, I want them to do What is good? And Christians have been known for centuries for doing some pretty amazing things. Christians over the years have built hospitals. Christians over the years have uh, built universities. And no longer do we know that that's even the the vision of a university. Because like I said, dreams sometimes over time don't look like they did. But in the beginning, Christians were known for that. You know what else Christians have done? They've stepped up in families. When People are raising kids. They've helped care for grandkids and foster kids and all the little things that you don't see but are really big for those families. We have been the ones that God has said, I have prepared in advance for you to do what is good. This is what is needed. This is what we all wanna be known for as a church. This is what we want the people of wonder to be known for. People who brought what was good, and the things they dreamed about created better futures for everyone else because Jesus had created a better future for them. So if you stopped dreaming or if you're in the middle of a dream and you're struggling, keep going. Don't give up. You know, if your dream came true, think about a dream or maybe when you go home, if you have a dream. If your dream came true, if your dream became the future, would this be a better world for people? Would there be more good? You can always be convinced of God's will that if what you're doing is good, you're in it. Because he says he created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. Let us continue as a church to make God's dream a reality. Let us this season, and it begins sometimes with dying to self. With saying, I'm gonna take some of my time that I'm spending on myself and I'm going to set aside some of it to create the world Guy had in mind so that other people could live and experience a great life. May we be a church that's known for this, known for our dreams. Thanks to all who give to Wonder Church. Your sacrifice makes this podcast possible. Thanks for listening. Let this talk do only what Jesus can and live your life in such a way that'll make the world wonder. There must be more.